This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, June 7th, 2023. Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for the Wednesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart. Taco Bell set to test a vegan crunch wrap while Subway is expanding big time in China. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, as we approach the end of the second quarter of the year, experts on the economy are looking ahead to the next six months. We're joined by Gus Fauché, chief economist at PNC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. And uh, Gus, depending on which data point you look at, it sort of paints a different picture of whether or not we're heading into a recession. So let's talk about all these different, uh, let's, let's call them factors that are at play in the coming end of the year. Yeah, I, I think the key thing is is the job market remains very strong. So over the last three months, we've added about 280,000 jobs per month on average. Uh, that's well above the long-run pace. The unemployment rate, although it went up in May, is 3.7%. That's extremely low. So uh, we are expecting a recession either in late 2023 or early 2024, but I think the next three or four months look pretty good because as the economy continues to add jobs, consumers will continue to spend. Obviously, the Fed keeping an eye on jobs, but uh, also the the Fed itself is going to play into how we enter the next uh, six months here and whether or not we have that soft or hard landing. Um, Many are forecasting that the Fed is done raising rates, but what's your take on that? Uh, I do think that the Fed is done raising rates. I think that we are starting to see inflation slow. I think that we are starting to see job growth uh, slow a bit. Uh, and I, I think the Fed, you know, monetary policy right now is contractionary. It's weighing on economic growth. At the same time, we've had the problems in the banking system that are restricting credit. And I think given all of that, the Fed wants to wait and see what the cumulative impact of the interest rate increases that we've seen so far have been on the economy. And I think we'll see that cumulative impact continue to accumulate and be a bigger drag in the second half of this year than it was in the first half of this year. Yeah, and let's give the Fed credit for, for sort of tiptoeing on this very fine line as it tries to tackle inflation. Um, Just looking at the last six months, I mean, it has come down a lot. It's still historically high. What can we expect for inflation toward the end of this year? I think we will see inflation slow further towards the Federal Reserve's 2% objective. Um, I think we've had a lot of a lot of the inflation has been coming from housing. I think that's going to fade later this year. And then I do think that the softer labor market, a little bit weaker overall demand will push down inflation. But uh, I think it's going to remain above 2% probably for the next year or so. Gus, you just touched on it. Housing, it's sort of been a wild card for for a lot of economists and sort of uh, whether or not it's going to cool. What's next there? 
Uh, I think we will see a fur- further cooling in the housing market. Uh, prices have been falling for about a year now. I think they'll continue to decline with the big run-up in prices that we saw in 2000 through 2022. Uh, you know, affordability is an issue, particularly with higher mortgage rates. So I think there is room for further cooling in the housing market later this year and into 2024. So between between the Fed policy, jobs, inflation, the housing market, which of those sort of bears the most weight in your mind when we're trying to assess uh, recession talk? Uh, definitely the labor market. As long as job growth remains sturdy, consumers will continue to increase their spending. And there's a possibility that the Fed can pull this off, that they can slow job growth to a more sustainable pace of 100000 or 125000 per month. And if they do and inflation slows, then we could manage to get out of this without a recession. Wouldn't that be nice? Thanks so much, Gus Fauché, Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services. Coming up, Taco Bell venturing further into the vegan market while Subway making some major moves overseas. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Two national restaurant chains are making headlines this afternoon. Let's get the latest on both Taco Bell and Subway from Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, also known as the restaurant coach here in Chicago. And Izzy, let's first start with Taco Bell. While other fast food chains have sort of shied away and seen a dwindling of interest in plant-based items, Taco Bell's leaning further in. Yeah, and I think they are doing absolutely the right thing. This is the time for any uh, fast food chain to jump in because, uh, you know, a a number of them are staying away from it. I just uh, last week went to the National Restaurant Association show in Chicago, uh, the biggest show in the United States. And I have to tell you, the plant-based product uh, category has quadrupled uh, in the restaurant industry. So while the fast food chains are shying away from it, some of them, Taco Bell is doing the right thing because what we're seeing on the inside of the restaurant business is the plant-based category is really going to jump. And and just so that everyone knows what we're talking about here, Taco Bell announced that it's testing a vegan crunch wrap. Now, uh, Taco Bell's parent company, Yum Brands, I'm surprised to learn a lot of its menu items are either vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, they have, you know, certainly uh, the best selection uh, out there in their uh, groupings, and uh, they're well known for it in that category for people who are uh, vegan or vegetarian. That they uh, that's the direction they go because uh, that company has really focused on uh, some of these things, and it's easier for them to do. I mean, it's not like you know McDonald's where everything is a burger. I mean, Taco Bell's doing a lot of different things in a lot of different you know, wraps or different presentations, tacos, they have the ability to be a little more nimble on this topic. Mm-hmm. Let's shift gears now to to Subway, which uh, is expanding, opening nearly 4,000 stores in China. This is one of its biggest deals ever. So help us understand what's the reasoning? Why China? Why 4,000 stores? It seems like a, a very large leap. Well, it, it seems like it, but I have to tell you, to put it into some perspective, we were working with a restaurant client uh, who wanted to open up in Shanghai. And as we were developing the business plan, what we discovered is that in order to have any presence, any uh, acknowledgement that we were even opening up a new American restaurant in Shanghai, uh, we were told the best thing to do would be open eight to 10 restaurants in Shanghai on the same day. Wow. So. 
you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, Shanghai is a city of 20, 25 million people. Uh, you know, compare that to Chicago at 3 million. Uh, so uh, China has the population, uh, their economy uh, in terms of the uh, people that live in China uh, is much better than it was. And for uh, Subway to make any kind of noise in China, 4,000 is probably the bare minimum to really get going. Thanks so much. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works here in Chicago. Up next, artificial intelligence giving a boost to breast cancer detection. A study in the journal Radiology finds that artificial intelligence can be helpful in predicting breast cancer risk. So let's discuss this major development with Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economic futurist at andrewbush.com here in Chicago. Andy, great to have you with us. Uh, I think we need a little bit of background here because when we're talking about predicting breast cancer risk, there's sort of an industry standard uh, that takes into account your age, family history, factors like that. But now this study is bringing AI into the mix and it's looking at a lot more information than just that. Yeah, this is the exciting component of AI is that it can draw on so many more sources that are really up to date. You know, latest publications in any medical journal about predicted capabilities of certain enzymes, proteins and all of that for uh, breast cancer. And it brings it all into one place. And that's really the power of AI. And so when we're looking at the healthcare field and medical, it's really it's it's just super exciting about the possibility and the potential for this really wonderful technology to be applied to help humans live longer. That's a great thing. Right. And, and this is sort of, in, you know, generalizing and anecdotally speaking, it would seem that the AI algorithms are outperforming what's what's been sort of the standard prediction risk model, um, which is, is great news because, you know, even just understanding the risk can sort of change the trajectory of someone's health care. Right. And it also gives you the opportunity to individualize every woman's care. You know, so this is something that can be scaled nationally. And this was the promise that came along with the Human Genome Project. But now with AI, we can actually put it into practical use here. And I think that's what's just amazing about as all of these technologies converge, that's the outcome that is just Fantastic. Yeah, and this is just one application of AI. I know Google Cloud now partnering with Mayo Clinic, uh, potentially bringing AI into, uh, from what I understand, there are chatbots, right, in, in sort of gathering information, helping patients interpret medical information, things of that nature. Yeah, it's just another way of being able to throw the widest net out there to draw information in for someone who's uh, doing an analysis on you name it in healthcare, and I think what's really important about all of these systems is that they'll be used side by side with the human. Mm-hmm. But what's fantastic about it is right now there's such a dearth of workers, uh, nurses especially, uh, physicians assistants, and doctors that um, that this is something that's going to aid in the productivity of the workers that are there and the ones that are coming in. So it will greatly help with the ability to analyze. Just huge amounts of data, bring it to bear, bring it to the, you know, really just to the fingertips of somebody who's working with uh, a patient. Right, right. And I like that you made the, the point that this is supplemental. It's not replacing healthcare. It is it is an added resource for, for individuals that are already in that medical field. 
Right, exactly. That's that's what's happening right now. And again, you know, because there just are not enough workers in this space, it's really going to be important. And if you think out even, in, you know, away from the major cities, away from Chicago, more into the rural areas, more into, like, say, rural Illinois, you know, this is going to be a great aid for a, you know, physician's assistant, maybe that you don't have a doctor coming in every day of the week. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to have access to this, assuming that they pay for it, I assume, um, to be able to help them diagnose what's going on with the patient. To, And again, it's just it's really neat. Now, I, we'll see how many different tools are developed with this. That's we're at the genesis stage for all of this. So we'll see where all of this plays out. Not all of them will be perfect. And yes, there's going to have to be oversight because, as we all know, sometimes AI hallucinates and gives you information that's just not accurate. But it should be able to be tamed and directed into the right way to really help patients. Thanks so much, Andrew Bush. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, helping aging parents with their money. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Bernie Tafoya. A 44 year old former school bus driver is handed a stiff sentence for trying to hire hitmen to kill five people. The U.S. Northeast deals with air quality issues caused by wildfires in Canada. In Personal Finance Wednesday, we'll look at some strategies to help older parents handle their money. Plus, the debt ceiling deal in Washington means the break is over for people paying back their student loans. WBBM Business, the Dow up 42 points, NASDAQ down 149, and the S&P 500 down 16 points. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. A 44-year-old man from LaSalle County has been sentenced to dozens of years behind bars for trying to hire hitmen to kill five people. WBBM's Bernie Tafoya reports. Will County State's Attorney James Glasgow says Christian Shepard has been sentenced to 76 years in prison. Shepard was in jail awaiting charges in 2010 for a sexual assault when he tried to hire another inmate to kill his victim, the victim's mother, and two detectives. Shepard even gave the inmate a map to the residence of one of his targeted victims, as well as a taunting statement to read to the victims. The inmate went to police instead, and then Shepard tried to hire another inmate to kill the first four targets and the inmate who turned him in. The second inmate went to police too. Shepard would be at least 95 years old before being eligible to be released. Bernie Tafoya, News Radio, 1059 WBBM. Smoke and haze from wildfires in eastern Canada now blanketing much of the northeast U.S. and mid Atlantic. CBS's Cami McCormick reports. In New York and Washington, D.C., public schools are opened, but outdoor activities canceled. The smoke has created dangerous conditions for those with underlying health conditions. And even for those who are healthy, officials are advising people not to spend much time outdoors and mask up. When they do. Earlier in the week, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Minnesota were all under air quality advisories. That was all due to smoke from Canada. 
a deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are mixed. We're now joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. And Chuck, not a ton of movement on Wall Street today. I think uh, maybe this is just a sign we're holding our breath to see what the Fed does next. That's true, although underneath here, it's actually a pretty interesting day in a sense that, you know, a lot of concern has been centered around this notion of of a very narrow market leadership. And that has been the case for much of this year. The S&P 500 has basically been driven this year by about five or seven companies. And and that has been a concern of, of prospective bulls here. But if you look at what's going on today and really since the beginning of June, We've had a bit of a broadening out. Uh, you know, while the the S and P is down about half a percent and the Nasdaq's down over one percent, you have the Russell 2000 small cap index is up a a percent and a half. You have the Dow on the plus side, and then an average that we look at quite a bit, the Dow Jones Transportation Average, which is probably the most economically sensitive index there is, is up 1.7 percent. So you're seeing a, a broadening here that has really been occurring since the beginning of June, and you know that that can be a potentially very positive sign for the market if that continues. Well, right, assuming it continues into the second half of the year. But I also know that we, we still have those few shoulders carrying the brunt of, of the economy here. And uh, most of them are, are tech. And a lot of it, too, has sort of played into the promise of artificial intelligence. Um, is that something where we could see it be, you know, branch into other sectors beyond technology? Well, well, you could. I, I think for the time being, I mean, that is probably something more of a, a longer term issue f- for, for those sectors outside of technology. I mean, that's going to be a big driver for technology stocks. And, and yes, those have benefited significantly this year. But, you know, it, it again, I don't want to make too much of it, but at least over the last five, six trading days, um, it looks like a little bit of steam has come out of those stocks that had really skyrocketed. I mean, a number of those stocks are up over 100% so far this year. Um, you know, the Metas and the, the, the NVIDIAs and so forth. And while they're quality uh, and, and companies, uh, you know, money seems to be moving uh, into some of those areas that weren't benefiting at. And we'll see if that continues. I think that's going to be a positive for now, stocks. Chuck, you're our uh, Dow theory expert, and currently it's bearish, but close to turning bullish. Can you give us an update on where the market is technically? Yeah, technically under the Dow theory, which looks at the movement of the Dow Jones industrial and transportation averages, the last major signal, which was several months ago, was still a bear market signal, and that has not changed. However, uh, we are seeing improved price action in both of the indices, and if uh, the Dow can go get past its its late November highs and the, and the Dow transports can close uh, above their early February highs, that would be a, a change in the trend from bearish to bullish. So we're not there yet, but uh, again, the movement of the averages here, uh, the important averages of the Dow theory has been on the plus side uh, in terms of the Dow theory. So we'll see if those previous significant highs can be eclipsed. Thanks so much, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter. Up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, we'll talk about some things you can do to help aging parents stay on top of their money situation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 
It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and as parents get older, they may need help in maintaining their finances. Let's get insight from Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning at Morningstar, based here in Chicago. And Christine, as much as uh, we may like to hope and think that our parents have all their finances in order, that's not always the case, and sometimes it does require a conversation. So, any suggestions on how to break the ice? Well, a great way to break the ice is to be collaborative. So if you can come in and kind of ask for advice, I think that's the best way to get the information that you need to find out if if your parents have a financial plan or an estate plan. So you might say, my husband and I are just thinking about getting an estate plan because we need to name guardians for our little children. And that can be an opening. You can say, dad, did you and mom do anything like that? Who did you use? And so on down the line. I think that that's a great way to open the door to get your parents to share. Kind of ask them, how did you do, how did you do it? What would you recommend? Yeah, and I think it's uh, there's obviously a lot of uh, avenues of conversation to have. You mentioned estate planning. I also think it's really important to talk about health care costs or if, if something unexpected were to happen. You know, what's what's what are your wishes? What are your plans? What's sort of the what's you know, what, what do you have going on and how can we help? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. People will go through the process of creating, say, an estate plan where they're naming power of attorney for healthcare matters. But there are a lot of softer aspects to actually implementing those plans. So if you are the the power have power of attorney for health care for your parents, for example, you really need to know their attitudes toward care. If they need long-term care, for example, and can't articulate their wishes for themselves, you need to know in advance, how do you see your long-term care happening? Would it need to be in your home or would you be okay being in some type of a facility? And of course, finances are in the mix too, and they may dictate some of the choices, but it can be really helpful to get your parents' attitudes towards some of the softer aspects of healthcare and long-term care planning. You know, another example that I personally, I have friends who have experienced this where their their parents, they have a plan, they have this money set aside, and then all of a sudden they get a phone call oh no, I got scammed out of X amount of dollar. I mean, we know that the older generation, we know that older population is more prone to these kinds of things. And and now you're having to just pivot entirely. Right, exactly. And, you know, one interesting dimension of elder abuse is that it's often perpetuated by someone within the family, sadly enough. Um, so if you are your parents' um you know, financial decision maker, or you're helping them, you need to be help them be on guard, especially online, helping them make sure that their software systems are up to date, that they are being a defensive driver, because a lot of these scams do occur in the form of phishing, for example, where uh, a bank or a software company might sell, might send sort of an email that looks very realistic. And so you need to help your, your parent, especially as they age and their judgment may decline a little bit, you need to help them be defensive in terms of um, warding off scams and frauds. And then, Christine, quickly, any other uh, factors that we should consider when having these types of, of financial conversations with aging parents? Well, uh, the gold standard in terms of making the financial piece go smoothly is 
a financial advisor who can be the person who knows where all the assets are, knows what the income sources are. But you may need to help your uh, parent find a qualified financial advisor, especially if they're not really sure what they're looking for, or they might be inclined to go with someone who has really great soft skills, but may not be that great in terms of being a fiduciary and being a good financial decision maker. So help your parents find a good quality financial advisor. Thanks so much, Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning at Morningstar here in Chicago. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. And still to come, the student loan holiday, that's coming to an end. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Student loan payments and interest on those loans is expected to resume at the end of the summer. So let's talk about what's ahead with Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. And Craig, it is a harsh reality for many facing uh, millions of students in, in the United States now having to either start saving for or paying off their their student loans in August, but it's also a great time to establish some good practices for paying those loans. That's right, Rachel. There's 43 million student loan borrowers in the United States, and with payments set to restart, ranging from 300 to 400 per month on average, after a three-year pause and nine extensions, this is a gigantic issue, and I think everyone needs to start by contacting their loan servicer, because people have moved in the last three years. You need to make sure you're corresponding with your loan servicer. You need to talk to that loan servicer and make sure you know what it is that you actually owe, what it is that your payment's going to be, how many payments that you have left. Because after three years, people have lost touch with the debt that they took on for that college degree. Yeah, and not only is sort of there some sticker shock, you mentioned the average of three to $400 a month, uh, you know, depending on where you're at with your credit score or your job, is refinancing an option? I think the refinancing is definitively an option for many. You know, if you're in a good position with a good FICO score, a good credit score, even though everyone knows interest rates are up, there might be an opportunity for you to save on your interest expense. And now is a great time for everyone to be getting their ducks in a row to do exactly that. Good suggestion, Rachel. Well, and, and let's also talk about, because there's not only the loan, which is a lot, but there's also principal on that loan. No, that's absolutely right. And I just want everybody to be thinking about this. We have to right now start telling our money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Mm -hmm. That means creating a budget, because when we create a budget, we can be more intentional with our dollars. And I want everybody to find a way to start making, if at all possible, some extra payments towards that principal to save on capitalized interest over time. Let's turn these 10-year loans into six and seven-year loans so we can move on a little bit quicker with our life. Well, and I think there may be some hopefuls out there holding on to more extensions of, of not having to make these payments. But I, I, as you mentioned, now is the time, as you said, get those ducks in a row. Yeah, and hope is not a strategy. We have had nine extensions. It's been three years, but let's not kid ourselves, everybody. As a part of raising the debt ceiling, and this was bipartisan, mm -hmm. the payments are restarting within 60 days of June 30th. So not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. 
contact your loan servicer, set yourself up for auto payment, take a look and see if you can shop for better terms and conditions. Rachel, that was a great strategy. And let's start creating a budget because we're going to have to incorporate this into our monthly expenses because the obligation is finally restarting. Thanks so much, Craig Bolanos, founding partner and CEO of Wealth Management Group. You'll find past programs and later today, a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.